What is up, everybody? It is TJ back again with episode Cinco, episode five of the TJ Martino podcast. Yep, we're back, folks. And uh, man, what a great time to be alive. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, the fall is coming up. Football season is back in the full swing. Um, you know, leaves falling off the trees. But, you know, it's perfect weather because it's sweatshirt and shorts weather. So great combination there, you know. Uh, you know, It's not too hot, not too cold yet. Uh, perfect time. So shout out to September. Big fan of that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you to the 200-plus listeners um, of the first four episodes. Uh, you guys um, are great. And, uh, you know, that was, I'm doing a lot better numbers than I ever thought I would be doing at this point. So that's awesome. Uh, and I think a lot of that was, um, Austin and how good of a guest he was. And that's awesome. Uh, so shout out to you, Austin, uh, if you're listening, but, um, I have another guest today. Uh, and this is an individual that I think will bring a lot of value to this show. Uh, he's a good friend of mine and, uh, yeah. Without further ado, let's bring him in. Uh, Brandon Ditchek is here with me today. Good friend of mine. How are you doing, Ditch? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Oh. It's tough to be with Austin. He's my day one, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we have a good show for you guys. Oh, yeah. We got some, we got some fun stuff planned. Um, but first of all, if you're listening, hit me with the five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I know Spotify and some of the other ones don't have rating systems, but whatever does have a rating system, hit me with that five-star if you think this is a five-star podcast. Uh, and drop a comment, you know, tell me what you think. If you, you know, give me some constructive criticism, tell me I'm ugly, uh, tell me I have a great face for radio, um, or tell me that I'm really cool and, you know, whatever. Just give me your honest opinions and then obviously subscribe as well, you know, if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more. Uh, but without, you know, too much uh, BS and, you know, how you been? You know, anything you want to get off your chest before we get into things? Or? Uh, dude, I'm good. Um just getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's tough, you know. Like these first couple of weeks are always like of the semester are always just kind of stressful because you're trying to get a balance of like everything that's going on yeah. in your life and like yeah. social um, life is you know ramping up at a fast speed. You know, with syllabus week and you also got all these classes and all this all these syllabi syllabi being thrown in your face and you're like, how am I gonna balance? You know. Uh, six classes or whatever how many credit hours you're taking yeah. whatever how am i going to balance all the credit hours how am i going to balance you know having free time to myself how am i going to balance family life it's it's definitely uh you know a struggle but a struggle that we all can relate with so yes, great stuff um but yeah let's get into the you know first segment here sights and sounds of the week people yep we're bringing it back let's do it uh yep if you don't know what this is sights um Brandon and I are going to go through our sites of the week. So this is movies, television, books, articles. Maybe you saw a speaker. Maybe you saw a concert. Maybe you saw a stand-up comic. Uh, you know, it's pretty broad. Anything that you saw over the past week, uh, we're going to break down a couple of ours. Um, and then for sounds as well, we will do the same thing. Sounds or anything from songs, albums, pod other podcasts, uh, radio shows, um, you know, maybe you heard some birds chirping outside and it made you think of something. I don't know, but uh, pretty broad stuff. But I like that because then you're able to kind of make it your own. Uh, so without uh, further ado, Brandon, go into your uh, first sight of the week. Okay, so it's a flashback like a month ago. 
I knew who Quentin Tarantino was, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. he's a huge name in Hollywood, a huge name throughout the entire world, but never seen a single one of his movies before. Really? Never seen a single one of his movies before a month ago. And now I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Django, <sighs> Glorious Bastards like five times over the past like two weeks, <laughs> Pulp Fiction, Hateful Eight. I started Kill Bill. I honestly, I personally wasn't a fan of it. I still got to watch like Jackie Brown and uh, what else am I missing? Um, oh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, you have not seen Reservoir Dogs? No. I that should be your next it. one. I know. I've been super busy like we were talking yeah. before. Um, so the first Tarantino movie I watched was Django. That was really? Movie. That was your first one? And I'm so happy I did because it exposed me to Christoph Waltz. <sighs> the guy is, is an animal. He's ter- He's so good in that movie. He's an it? animal. Every, a lot of people just remember him for this, like, really, like, terrifying performance in, in Glorious Bastards. But I think his Django performance is really underrated. And, like, not enough people talk about that, how good he was in that movie. But, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, why why did you wait so long to, to get into Tarantino? I didn't know, like, his movies really existed, honestly. <laughs> oh, really? Of, obviously, I've heard of Django and everyone <laughs> says in Glorious Bastards is... Is unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was advertised so well, uh-huh. it was everywhere. So I honestly just felt the need to. I need to. I need to, I need to see Once movies. Upon a Time in Hollywood again. I saw it the first yeah, time I and I loved it. Um, obviously, for so many reasons, the acting from DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are, you know, they're awesome. And um, just like the whole like aesthetic of the movie, and I love how like it's like. The movie just kind of like exists. Like it's not trying too hard to be anything. It's more of just like here's a bunch of really like great actors and some really like interesting scenes with that classic Tarantino yeah. dialogue. Uh, but what what is something about Tarantino? Uh, now that you've seen a few of his movies, like what what is it something that you've like really taken away from his movies? Like yeah, about um, all of them. He loves dialogue. He loves extended dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really important for his movies because. He mostly makes dramas and mysteries Mm -hmm. and just the extended dialogue. If you really, really pay attention, you'll notice so many small things that um, like a regular director wouldn't put in their movies. He's the most brilliant filmmaker and screenwriter I've ever uh, like witnessed in my entire life. Yeah. Incredible. And he's somebody that's very, you know, polarizing to work with. Like some actors that I've heard have said like that he's a nightmare to work with. But others have been like, the guy's just so brilliant. He's never made a bad film. So it's like, you know, at this point, he's had such a tenure that like anybody's just going to listen to anything he says. And like, he has just complete creative control over everything. And I like that because you're really getting his vision and and, like the way he writes the the parts or he has the actors in mind of who he's writing for. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a lot easier for him to to draw the best performance out of them yeah uh so i mean he's brilliant uh and i love the movie uh once upon a time in hollywood and then but my what would you say of all of them is your favorite you said uh django would be your favorite no or, no django was just the first one yeah okay that was my, the first my one. favorite it's either between inglorious it, it is inglorious bastards it's unbelievable film yeah it really it really is it is it's great i um yeah, I love. I need to go back and check that one out again. I've seen it a couple of times, and I, once upon a time in Hollywood is kind of like that in the sense that he's taking like a historical tragedy and turning it into like a, a you know, this is the best case scenario of what could have happened to Absolutely. this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really cool how you know he's going back and like retroactively like 
rewriting history for his movies, and I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, a cool concept to piggyback on what you just said about um once upon a time so when i first saw it i was not familiar with the sharon tate murders and for your listeners out there sharon tate was a beloved hollywood actress in uh, what, what decade oh uh 70s right 70s i don't even 60s know. or 70s whatever. something like that yeah, yeah maybe 60s whatever the and she was brutally murdered by charles manson and his cult and once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of takes a twist on that storyline. Uh-huh. And I I honestly, unfortunately, did not know that that happened. Obviously, I'm familiar with Charles Manson and his cult, but I didn't know that they murdered Sharon Tate and the other people in her house. Yeah. So when I got out of the movie theater after seeing it, I was super confused because in the movie, Sharon Tate really doesn't play like a big part. No. She, she kind of is yeah. just like a and tribute. That was her. kind of almost one of my complaints was that like you get Margot Robbie, who's just so stunning and not only that just a really great actress i think she's kind of just now starting to get that recognition for that but you get her in this movie and like and, and you and sharon tate like that's such an interesting role and they um, and tarantino kind of like shelves her for a lot of the movie yeah. without spoiling too much of it because i mean the movie's been out for some time but i still for those of you who haven't seen it like she doesn't really have too too much to do in the movie like yeah. and that was kind of my complaint i kind of wanted a little bit more from her um, but all outside of that, the movie's great, but, uh, yeah, that's really interesting though. Tarantino is, uh, definitely a very polarizing, uh, director, but a lot of people are, are really, uh, just starting to get into his stuff. The people that are, you know, if you haven't checked out any of his movies, please just watch the hateful eight in 70 oh. millimeters. Oh, and they also released, uh, the hateful eight. They had released like a mini series part of it. So like basically they just stretched the movie out over like however many hours and added a bunch of like deleted scenes so you can check that out on netflix that's a netflix recommendation for you great movie as well um but now let's go on to my site yes, uh my first site is mad max fury road will be a classic movie in the next 10 to 15 years wow have you seen mad max fury road before yes yes what are your yeah, thoughts that was with um who's, who's the man tom hardy yeah yeah i've seen and it charlie Star. I've, I've seen it three times yeah yes and what do you what do you, i i loved it a lot of people don't though. Oh, yeah. A lot of people our age don't because they don't really understand. It. I, I thought it was a cool movie, but I really don't understand it. If if you have stuff to say, I'm I'm, I'm all ears. Yeah. So um, with me, uh, I watched the original Mad Max films uh, with Mel Gibson uh, when I was younger. I remember renting one of them from uh, Blockbuster, and then I and it was the Road Warrior. That was the one I rented from Blockbuster, and it came out in like the eighties. It's a fun action movie. Um, but when they, when I've heard that they were going to make another one and the same director who made, who made the first three movies was coming back to do this one. And I'd heard all the production hell that this movie went through and, uh, the marketing for it wasn't too great. Even though that trailer was fantastic. I just feel like a lot of people didn't really understand what the movie was. So when it came out, it didn't make that much money, but, uh, I saw the movie in theaters, uh, and then and i was i didn't really know too much of what to expect and and i walked out like holy shit that was one of the best movies i've seen of of the decade and and that was in high school i think it was like 2015 or something um and i still agree with that statement uh because i own the movie on blu-ray and i recently watched it and that's why i wanted to add it here uh and the movie's freaking brilliant honestly i think it is and and 
I get the arguments of, oh, there's not a lot of dialogue, yeah, like, there's yeah. not a lot of character, there's not a lot of this, and yes, I agree with that 100%, but for this kind of movie, it's more about the atmosphere, it's more about the, the set pieces, it's more about the, the visuals than, uh, the, and, and the story doesn't really require a lot of dialogue, it's very simple, people running from tyranny to get to somewhere better, like, yeah. that's all you really need to know, yeah. and, uh, what they were able to do, the stunts, shout out to the stuntmen in that movie, man. Crazy stuff. They're swinging off the poles and the cars and flipping and jumping and explosions everywhere. If you like action movies and you haven't seen Mad Max Fury Road, please check it out. And um, I think it's going to be a classic in the next 15 years because of just the filmmaking that went into it, how beautiful it was. Uh, the acting is good, really good. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I love the movie. Uh, it's a it, and um, yeah, that's all I really gotta say about yeah, it. But yeah. uh, uh, what about you? What's your next uh, site? Let's talk about Andrew Luck's retirement speech and just his retirement. Okay. In general. Yeah. Um, Crazy. We talked a little bit about this last week, but Did we didn't talk about the speech. Okay. Did you watch the speech? No, I have not. <laughs> Dude, not for the faint-hearted. I was so upset. Really? So the, the Luck retirement really uh, screwed you up. I mean, he's been, like, one of my favorite players to watch, like, ever since he entered the league. Like, such an outspoken guy, like, so humble, so mature. Yeah. It's everything he does, so. He's really, like, a one of the, like, poster childs for professionalism in the NFL. He was, at least. Now he's not anymore. But, um, uh, and, and on the other side of the spectrum, you look at, like, guys like Antonio Brown and all of the drama that he's bringing to that Oakland Raiders franchise, which... I'm so happy my Eagles did not gamble on him because that was rumored. And that guy, I just, I can't with him, man. He's just so just petty yeah. and entitled. And it's like, yeah, you're an amazing talent, but, you know, you don't, you know, you're still, this is your job and you're yeah. not treating it like a job. And Andrew Luck did treat it like a job. Yeah. And um, so for that, uh, you know, the retirement itself, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned it last week, but I agree with the decision. But I think uh, just, I don't know whether or not he wanted to announce it before that preseason game or if it just leaked. Who knows? Yeah, do you know what happened? Um, Austin was saying it was leaked, but it was uh, I'm Schefter. not sure. It was yeah. by Schefter. It, that's what I heard, too. But if it was leaked, then that just sucks. But if he released it, then that was just bad timing on his yeah. part. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, going to be interesting to see how the Colts will just fall apart. Um, but anything stick out to you from that yeah, that you yeah. want to talk about? Um, so, so me and my roommates watched it that night like live mm -hmm. and there was one part that really really stuck out to us uh that stuck out to us and it was so funny but so, it was so sad but to us it was so freaking funny at one point like he like starts thanking his his his, his uh like the people in his life that that helped him get to this point where he was and so he's like I just want to thank my mom my dad and pauses for like 12 seconds and then like with a super, super low voice, the the guy just goes, Uncle Will. And then he pauses again. <laughs> and continues to thank people. Shout out to Uncle Will. Can I play it? Uh, yeah. If you can, work? Yeah. Uh, we can try it. Yeah, just play that part if you can find it. Uh, and in the meantime, while he's pulling that up, I'm going to be uh, talking about my next site, which kind of goes into my uh, sounds as well. And that is um, the... Bohemian Rhapsody movie that came out last year is overrated. Um, 
this is a kind of a hot take because this movie got a lot of Oscar love mm-hmm. over the past uh, year. Because uh, you know, obviously Rami Malek, he deserved that Oscar. He was great. But the movie won like best editing. It won. Uh, let me see how many Oscars it won. I'm sorry, I'm gonna ramble here, but uh, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. You have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, I've refused to. Why? I'm not a big musical guy. Okay. Yeah, I watched like the first ten minutes. I wasn't a fan. But Bohemian Rhapsody is not really that much of a musical. It's more just like uh, like a a life story about Was it. Queen. Uh, I would say like recommend Rocket Man is more of a yeah. musical. Um, that the Rocket Man, uh, the um, Elton John movie that came out this year, made by the same director actually. But um, yeah, the the movie though, I just I found it to be pretty uh, overrated in the sense of like it's a good movie, and I will say that. And by the way, uh, it won um, it won four Oscars uh, for best actor, Rami Malek, best editing, best sound editing, and best sound mixing, and. This movie should not have won for best editing, first of all. I want to say that. Uh, a Quiet Place should have won. Uh, and then I saw all over the internet, the big thing was like that one scene where they're talking to Littlefinger, the guy who plays Littlefinger. He's, uh, he plays like their uh, manager, I guess. And like they're, ta- they're meeting with him and there's like a thousand cuts in there and it was super choppy. Notice that again on my second viewing. Uh, the movie itself just is kind of generic. And that's like my thing. It's a good movie, but it's not as good as everybody's saying it is. So it's good, but overrated. Yeah. Uh, and... and um, that kind of goes into one of my sounds, which is uh, Freddie Mercury's birthday was yesterday. Uh, wow. He would have been 73. Uh, so I kind of wanted to go through like some of my favorite underrated Queen songs. Because everybody knows the classics. Bohemian Rhapsody, Don't Stop Me Now, Another One Bites the Dust, Under Pressure, You know, We Are the Champions, We Will Rock You. Those are all great tracks. But nobody really talks about some of the uh, more deeper cuts that, that Queen has released. So I kind of want to give like three or four of my favorite tracks. Uh, one of them being Cool Cat. Uh, this track was like really really i like it because it's like super chill and it's like just a guitar and freddie just singing straight falsetto uh it's kind of like this vibey track it's off of their 1982 album hot space uh it's a really good one it's kind of a deep cut uh chill laid back kind of track uh but you know the thing about queen that i always loved is how they're kind of like a jack of all trades they do all sorts of type of music hard rock and uh some poppy um some ballads uh, you know, uh, some slow, uh, emotional singing tracks, you know, they do a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, but cool cat is one of my favorites. Um, also I like, uh, love of my life. Uh, that's kind of a, a classic one as well. Great, great stuff there. Uh, don't stop me now. Like I said, fat bottom girls, uh, just a lot of great tracks on here, and I, I don't know. I don't really know what I was going with with this uh, segment, but <laughs> I just wanted to name some of my favorite yeah. Queen tracks and uh, shout out to Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, what about you? What's your next? Uh, si- oh yeah, do you have the Andrew Luck thing? I do. Okay. But first, I want to say I think I do fall into the uh, the category of the generic Queen uh, song lovers. I don't really know. So I mean, I do too, anything. though. I do too, though. Like I love their classic music. Like I love, like yeah, they're sick. They are, and and now they're like I saw them in concert a couple weeks ago, and that was really cool with Adam really? Lambert. They yeah. were really good. Where'd you see them? At the sh- uh, Nationwide. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. Um, because uh, I had to work it. He's and he's crazy good singer. Adam Lambert, yes, yeah. and he was like the perfect like person to throw in there for them to tour because like he is like he still has that like flamboyant like energy that uh, Freddie 
Mercury used to have, yeah. but like he wasn't trying to be Freddie Mercury. He was just doing his own version of the songs, which I appreciate it because it's like I don't want to hear a Freddie Mercury impression. I want to hear something new. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought he did a great job. So shout out to Adam Lambert. Cool. Uh, but yeah. So what about this uh, Andrew Luck thing? Oh, you want to hear it? Yeah. So what is it, Uncle Will? So he starts to thank like his family, his friends, whatever, and then pauses for like twelve seconds, and then in a super super low like well, he's about to burst out into tears. It's super sad, but. I thought. I yeah, thought you so. thought it was funny at the time. <laughs> I still think it's funny. And if, and if our friends listen, when they listen, they're going to crack up. <laughs> okay, play it. We're doing an old laptop to mic here. Shout out to our budget. In conclusion, my, my folks who aren't here tonight, but mom, dad, mayor, yep. and my dad. <laughs> Uncle Will. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Will. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, but he's always been kind of like interesting. Like, I feel like he's just like I don't even know how to describe him. Like, he's just kind of like weird. Like, <laughs> but you, you, if you're that good of an athlete, you're weird. Yeah. Like, if you're that good at anything, you're weird. I'm weird. Everyone's weird. No, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Um, I mean, I can. He's probably one of the best like stand-up guys I've ever. No, he is. Shout life. out to him, man. He was a great quarterback too. Yeah, very yeah. underrated. And I don't blame him for retiring. I mean, he literally got abused for like yeah. years. They never got him anybody to help him no, to no. help block for him. I mean, he was just fed to the dogs like every weekend. So, yes, um, shout out to Andrew Luck. Have a great retirement. Even though you know, yeah. Enjoy your it, life. it ended in a very negative soon. way. You had a great career. So, um, let's move on to. Uh, another what, one or are you on yeah. the sounds uh, well this last one transitions into sounds right, so let's do it. it the Travis Scott Netflix documentary let's talk okay now we're really getting into it here um, what did you think okay um, some backstory on me with Travis uh, my friends have all kind of like agreed that I'm wrong in this case and I'm definitely in the minority but I do not like Travis Scott's music personally I think it's just super there. boring. Um, every song sounds the same, and, and we'll get into this later. But uh, for me, I, I I just I understood the appeal, but for me, he just has never done anything for me. And I've tried so hard, and, and you'll hear as I continue to try. Um, but the documentary itself, I found to be really interesting um, because of how big Travis is now, and how he has just erupted into one of the biggest artists today and uh i like the documentary it showed like how hectic his concerts really are and i've been to a couple of his concerts including uh the the lollapalooza astroworld release concert i was at that concert and it's in the documentary and i remember it was just so hot there and uh we were like we were decently close to the stage from what i can remember but i just remember seeing kids being carried out like because they had passed out in the crowd because it was so hot yeah and it was like i could see like towards the stage people just moving you could feel the ground like shaking from people jumping and it was a crazy atmosphere and i'm just like i remember just sitting there like uh i'm like how are people getting this hype to this music like i I was just like uh, i i I don't know I'm, i'm like i said i'm in the minority i get that but 
yeah, he's just never really done anything for me. But the documentary itself, I found to be really, really good. Uh, what did you see it? You saw it, right? I saw it. What do you thought? What did you think? I mean, I, I'm personally, I'm a huge Travis guy. Okay. Um, and to add what you were saying about the concerts, yeah, I don't get why people are so hyped when they see him in concert, especially like his music is like 90% like pretty chill. Right. And then there's like 10% like sicko mode. and mm-hmm. like, He has the occasional like, bangers, yeah, antidote, yeah. like, yeah, right. those. Right. But yeah, um, the documentary, I liked it. There was no plot, which kind of pissed me off. Like there was yeah, nothing it was... to like, they, they didn't formulate, they didn't formulate a story. They no. just kind of showed the it background was, yeah. scenes of, of him recording Astroworld and like his concerts and like him inciting rides. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Which I, yeah, that was I remember cool, when though. that happened. That was pretty cool. Where he like ran away from the cops. And yeah. Then, and then like, he didn't do anything wrong. Right. It what was just like, you wrong. can't really arrest a guy for playing his music. Like yeah. at the end of the day, like you can't arrest somebody for doing their job, yeah. I guess. Unless your job is yeah. illegal, but whatever. Um, you know what part I thought was cool though? What? It was very, very brief, but I mean, I'm sure everyone saw it when he, when he was talking to Kanye. Yeah. Like, and Kanye so cool. was in that, uh, was in that car. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a cool they, little they're moment. They're like boys, probably. They are boys. I mean, Travis was a derivative of Kanye. I know. Um, and I'll get into that uh, when I talk about Birds of the Trap here. But um, the, the the documentary, uh, I liked, one of the scenes I liked was when he was talking to his production crew. Uh, this was probably my favorite scene in the whole, in the whole documentary. Yeah, and was he was just going off on his crew and yeah. just... Uh, you need the camera needs to be facing me at this time, and the roller coaster is going too high, and I can't see this and that. Because his production, shout out to his production team. That's one thing I can say about Travis is yeah. that I don't love his music, but damn man, his production, his concerts are really, really cool. Yeah, like that giant roller coaster for Astro World, and the you know the lights and the videos, all of it is really, really well done. Yeah. So uh, for that man, he pulls he pours a lot of money into that and. Uh, I liked that scene so much because it really showed like this guy has a grasp on the on the production side of it too. Like, and that's tough. It's hard because there's a lot. Like, it's the minute details like that. Like the camera being a close up on him for this particular song. Like that detail can make can make or break a show. Like, yeah. and I've you know obviously since my internship, I've been working in a lot of working a lot of concerts. I've been able to see like the behind the scenes production and you know, walking through the backstage and there's all these boxes of just wires and cables and lights and speakers and, you know, animatronics and whatever. So it's like, there's so many small parts that go into this. And I liked how Travis had such a grasp on that. And, uh, and some of my friends that were watching are like, why is he getting so worked up? I'm like, because his name is on it. Like this is a Travis Scott concert. So if something goes wrong, it's on his ass. Yeah. So it's like, I would be like that too. I'd be like, yo, like this needs to be the way I want it to be because this is my show. Yeah. So, uh, for that, I I thought that was really a really cool moment and, uh, definitely was a highlight on that. But, um, yeah, I feel like some of his stuff was a little bit like amplified for the sake of the documentary. Like, um, like some of the concerts, like, I don't know. They just, I feel like they did a good job of making them seem a lot crazier than they were. I don't know. The, maybe they were crazy. I wasn't there for some of them, but from what I saw, like the contract, and like the reason I'm saying that's like some of the Travis concerts that I've been to just have been kind of underwhelming. Like uh, when he was at Breakaway a couple of years ago, that was just not great. I mean, he was, well, was trying cool. his hardest, but people just weren't really that into it. I feel like, but I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I wasn't close enough to the stage. I guess I don't know. But I did like, uh, and I also like how he like 
there was I swear there was like twenty different shots of him stage diving. Like, does he do that? Like, and, <laughs> and just throwing, and then like literally yeah. throwing like fans <laughs> into the crowd. Like, I thought that was really, uh, really fun. And yeah, yeah. Shout I don't out know to how Travis. Has not been stopped yet in this. Like, <laughs> honestly, I'm fine with it, but honestly, no, it's cool. Softies out there. And like the and like him like standing in the crowd with his microphone like singing. That was a cool moment. Yeah, um, the guys, wild. Yeah, it was, it was a good documentary. I thought it was it was fine, and and the stuff with him and uh, Kylie was cool, and and the, and the, uh, what's the the daughter, their daughter, Stormy. Stormy. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that was all cool. So, um, it was a good, it was an entertaining documentary. It wasn't anything crazy, but you know, for for a documentary about Travis, I enjoyed it. Good. Uh, but moving into my sound that relates to Travis Scott, revisiting. This is a sub sub segment of sounds and this is basically where i'll be revisiting an album that uh whether or not i liked it or not depends but uh for this one i didn't at the time and uh, i just revisited it and it's travis scott's birds in the trap sing mcknight this uh i have a controversial view on this album uh i'm looking right now i've downloaded every single song except for the interlude so fire out this okay then this is going to be a very interesting conversation because um when when let's some background on travis i gave some earlier but a little bit more uh rodeo i really like rodeo i think that's a good project i do um uh, for the most part uh you know it, it, he does sound a lot like kanye at that point in time and that was kind of my biggest thing with it is like this just sounds like rip off kanye like dollar dollar store kanye west that was kind of like but i liked how rodeo like had some really catchy fun tracks on there like antidote is a fun fun track yeah. and is arguably one of the best bangers of the decade um and piss in your grave with kanye even though he sounds like kanye on that track i still liked the track um uh what is it uh mom maria i'm drunk yeah, with justin bieber rapping on there and stuff i was like this is cool yeah like uh it had some good moments but i did think the album was just a, yeah i i did think the album just was lacking a little bit on the originality side so going into but for the most part i i'd say it was a good album rodeo but now going into birds in the trap i really didn't know what to expect uh, and I remember when it came out, I listened to it and I was just like, this is terrible. I thought it was terrible when I first listened to it. Um, I was like, no, this is boring. It sounds like the same track for an hour. And there's just not a lot of range here vocally. There's not a lot of even with Goosebumps, interesting Goosebumps and Kendrick. That song is sick. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but just, you know, from first listen, I was just like, nah, nah, not for me. Uh, but so, you know, I, everybody, you know, has always been praising this album since it came out. You know, oh, this is Trav one of Travis's best projects, maybe his best project. And I'm just like, I don't get it. That was like my thing. And I wanted to get it so bad because I want to like him. I like him as a person. I think he, I love his style. I love his whole aesthetic. But his music just for me has never worked. And uh so going back and listening to this now, because this is the first time I listened to this whole album all the way through since I first listened to it. And, uh, you know, I was like thinking, oh, this is going to suck. I'm not going to like this at all. And, you know, I was pretty surprised that I felt the exact same way. Um, <laughs> I think that this project is pretty boring, uh, but I don't think it's as bad as I originally said it was. Um, but for the most part, uh, 
I just, I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> and, and even after hearing Astroworld and things that come later, I do think Astroworld is better than this. I do think this still is his worst project. Um, but uh, I do like it a little bit more than when I first listened to it. I yeah. will say that. I don't think it's good still. I don't think I'm ever going to really listen to this stuff very much anymore. But um, but I will say that uh, Travis's ability to like put songs together, I think, is really, really... like overlooked i think it hit, like his ability to, like compose songs and and, and to get like a, a vibe and at this time i can say at least he has his own sound at this point like he no longer sounds like kanye on this track he sounds like travis so that's one thing i can say that is a positive about this this album is that he definitely finally has his, had his own sound and his own vibe at this point but uh what did you think of this album obviously you said you have every track on here what are your favorite tracks on this thing um my favorite tracks Good question. Um, I love "Lose." Um, the ends is great. The first song on the track on the project is great. Um, I'm a big Nav guy, so "Beeps in the Trap" is great. Yeah, I, I like like probably around last year. I got really really into music, and I started listening to albums when they came out. Like Travis, mm -hmm. I really didn't discover per se until mm -hmm. like he came out with like Astral. So yeah, was, yeah. So. I kind of just downloaded songs like as I listened to them. Like I really did not focus on this on this album as much as as you did. Like you, yeah, maybe more, you you were way more into music than I was. Actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Tra I mean, I had no idea that you didn't like Travis. Yeah, and like yeah, it's not that I I like Travis songs. Travis kind of goes into the category for me of just like rappers that I understand the appeal. But I just can't connect with it. There's just not enough here for me. There's not enough lyric, and I'm not saying that Travis has to be some sort of, you know, lyrical genius. But like at least some sort of, at least I want some effort. You know, like something like interesting to talk about. Like I just, it sounds like he talks about the same stuff. You know, his and like the auto tune and all of that. Just you know, for me, I'm not a big <clears throat> auto tune fan personally. I think it's kind of a cheap way to to make music, um, but. Um, it's all about you know, band. it's definitely his sound, and his he definitely has kind of made it his own. So I I can commend that. But uh, some of my favorite tracks on here, um, well, the opening track I didn't love. You know, it has Andre three thousand, and I'm a huge Outkast fan, but still nothing for me. Even the Andre even in three Andre three thousand feature is not great. Uh, and then, um, but if I had to say my favorite tracks on here, probably Beebs in the Trap. I, I like this track a lot. And look, I think Nav is the most boring and generic rapper of all time. Maybe him and Gunna are like runner up, runner ups Gunna. right there. I love Gunna. Yeah. Like I said, still in the minority there. Um, <laughs> but I, I think they're just so boring and generic, but this track, I was the first Nav track I'd ever heard. And yeah. it's still my favorite Nav track I've ever heard. I think he is so dope on here. And he, I think he made the beat for it too. Yeah. Uh, I love the whole, you know, using Justin Bieber as a metaphor for cocaine. I think that's just hilarious. And, um, yeah, I, I like the track. I think it's a banger. It's a club banger. It's fun. And it's definitely one of Travis's stronger tracks on here. A lot of people love the Through the Late Night with Kid Cudi. Track does nothing for me. Uh, coordinates great. Yeah, not for me. I think that one's a snooze fest. Way Back is fine. I think that one's kind of catchy. Um but another one of my favorites is Sweet Sweet. I actually think this track is a lot of fun. The, yeah, All she wanna do is the coco. <laughs> I thought that is I like that track. I think it's fun. Um that's one of my favorite ones. Uh 
And then there's the outside with 21 Savage. Nah. All right. Whatever. That's fine. Um, I don't have much to say about that. Uh, and then you get Goosebumps, like you mentioned, with Kendrick. Definitely one of my favorite ones. This one was a huge hit for him. Yeah. Kind of helped propel him into the mainstream more. I mean, obviously he was in the mainstream at this point, but really helped propel him towards where he is today. Um, And this was a huge track for him. Huge, huge record. Um, And uh, I love the Kendrick feature. I love Kendrick. So, yeah, definitely a lock there. Uh, and then first take with Bryson Tiller is another one I actually liked. Uh, I liked this one when it originally came out. This was like my favorite track on there when it first came out. It doesn't really have the staying power for me that it did at that time, but it's still a fine track. And then, uh, but also pick up the phone. That's another one I, I like too. I thought that one was fun. Um, and then wonderful with the weekends. Okay. But the rest of this thing, man, is just a snooze fest. And <laughs> honestly, it, it, this is good music to go to sleep to. That's what I would say. If I wanted to take a nap and listen to music, this is what I would put on. <laughs> because it's it's like, it's just, there's just not a lot of energy here. The beats on here are kind of boring. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just kind of generic to its own fault. But, uh, you know, for people that love it, great. I wish I was, I wish I was you. Like I said, I wish I liked Travis. I wish. I've tried. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to listen to everything he releases. And, and uh, even after this with Astroworld, uh, I didn't like Astroworld personally, uh, but I liked it more than this. And I thought it was more complete, more, uh, it felt like there was more effort put into that than yeah. there was into this. This just felt like something that was made within like a couple of days yeah. or a week or whatever. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people like Travis more than they should just because yeah. His brand is incredible. That was what I was gonna say. That's what that was gonna be my next question was why? Like, can I? I want to understand why because you yeah. like Travis and, and you're and a lot of our friends like Travis yeah. and I just kind of want to know why do you like Travis? Yeah. Well, well, personally, he's not in like if I was gonna give you my top three artists that I listen to, he's not in it. Okay. But I do love Travis. Yeah. And I love his like he just has a positive message. Like he he really does. Like he just spreads positivity. And that's just a huge thing for me. I'm sure that's a huge thing yeah. for, for the general population of people. Yeah, sure. I get that. Um, but yeah, I just, I wish that his music was a little bit more exciting. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, and, and I feel like you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, sure. And um, yeah, so that's uh, Travis Scott. Uh, and now we're going to get into my last, wait, do you have another sound you want to get into? And then we'll get into one more because I want to talk about Post Malone. Um, yeah, let's talk about a podcast. All right, let's hear it. Um, so NPR, uh, National Public Radio is a huge company. Are you familiar with them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do a ton of podcasts. They do how I built this, uh, stuff about the stock market. I don't listen to that, but anyway, I just discovered this podcast like a month ago. It's called the hidden brain podcast. You ever heard of that? I've never heard it. No, it is incredible. This guy their reporter for NPR, his name is Shankar Vedantam. And throughout the podcast, like every podcast is a different episode with a different guest. And he, he uses science and storytelling and he talks about like human nature and human behavior, um, like choice, choice making and like relationships. And I've been taking notes on his podcast. Do you want to, do you want to hear about, um, I'll, t- I'll tell you about the one that I, f- that I have found most interesting. Yeah. Go so ahead. I actually tweeted it last week, but 
this episode was about um, like human nature and how humans have evolved since uh, like since we were, were primates and mm-hmm. we evolved to where we are today. And he brought on this psychologist called Minku. I mean, I'm not sure if that person is is really famous, but they're yeah. a good speaker. And basically, they talked about how humans weren't made to live in in the environment that we're living in the modern era. Like it is damaging, like our mental health, our physical health. Like we were made to live in in the jungle, in 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 the forests, in wherever, some someplace natural, not in a concrete jungle. You know, so. If you look around and people's mental health is, is all messed up, like there's a perfectly reasonable cause for that. And it's because we're not made to be living where we are right now. Like it's just, we, we are, we're essentially killing ourselves. We, we are killing ourselves. So did they bring up any possible alternatives for this? Or is it just like, this is a problem and we're not going to escape? Yeah, it? yeah. Um, good question. Yes, they did a study where they put two groups of people in a building, in, in two separate buildings. One building was filled with plants and other, and other uh, like green life. Um, and the other building was just a regular office building, whatever. And they, they did a study, and it showed the study showed that there was a positive correlation between a green natural setting and positive thinking, behavior, and health, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was sick. Like, they did another study in which, um, in which, like, the office or the the setting that you were in, there were more trees, bushes, general nature, and it led to a decrease in crime rate. So in a setting that had more natural life, there was a decrease in crime. I, I probably because there's less people. <laughs> Do you think that had something to do with it, maybe? I don't know. No, I think it's just because it could, yes, it could be, but I think it's because when you go out, look at the Oval at Ohio State. Like, when you go out there, I mean, I, for me personally, I'm like, damn, this is sick. Like, I I love nature personally, and I'm just so grateful for it. So when I'm around it, it just calms me down. It doesn't, like, if I'm aggressive and I walk and sit under a tree, like, open up a book and, like, just chill out or meditate or do whatever and just relax. Like, I don't feel any urges to be crazy right right yeah yeah i think like congestion of like big cities i think the big buildings don't help i feel like they kind of almost box people into areas like streets kind of the organization of a lot of the way cities are planned is almost like a detriment in the sense that it like traps people into that environment so i get mm-hmm. what you're saying in the sense of like sometimes just escaping the hecticness of uh metropolitan areas can Definitely, like, help calm the nerves. So, yeah. Uh, that's that's really interesting. So, anything else from that that you would like to share? Or? Uh, sure. Um, so, humans have been around for a few million years, right? Mm-hmm. And they were... Well, 250,000 years. But yeah, continue. Are you sure? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. That's not what this podcast said. I should have done my research. Sorry. Um, so, Maybe for I'm most wrong. of the time, humans have been alive. They've lived in a natural world, relying on nature for food and shelter. And our, sh- our basically what the podcast was saying is that our shift to the overflowing cities and, and freeways and, and congestion has been so recent and so dramatic that we're just like still getting used to it. Like we may yeah. act like we are, but we're not like mentally used to living like this. It, it's just, it's taking a toll on us. I agree with that in the sense of like, 
yeah, it's not natural. You know, for thousands of years, we haven't had the technology at our fingertips that has yeah. just consumed our lives. Like it's something as simple as a cell phone, you know, it's just takes up so much time a day. Like you ever looked at the screen time on your phone? You know yeah. how they do that now where they track how much yeah. you use each app? It's absurd. I'll go on there and be like, oh, you've been on Twitter for three hours today. And I'm like, really? I guess. All right. Like, and it's kind of concerning because it's like, I feel like I should be doing something else, but it's like, it's kind of the world we live in. Like we're almost like a product of our environment at this point. Like we are. So, so what do you, so what advice would you give to somebody that's like trying to escape? Cool. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're technically wild animals, humans, humans are wild animals. Mm -hmm. We are. And we're just the top of the food chain. Right. Um, just get out and enjoy life. Uh, go get some sun every single day that you can because the sun, in in large doses, yes, it's harmful. But if you're out in the sun for 15, 20 minutes, reading a book, chilling, drinking a ton of water, like meditating, whatever it is, like there's so many benefits to being under the sun and getting out and, and just enjoying nature. Um, uh, I don't know who... So I'm assuming most of your listeners are like college students. Yeah. Yeah. So your college campuses are probably fucking gorgeous. Am I allowed to curse? True. We get to- yeah. Yeah. I mean, college campuses are gorgeous. You're paying a lot of money to go to a school and they're putting a lot of money into the setting that you go. Um, so just get out and enjoy it. Take a walk at night in the morning. Do whatever you need to do. Just enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Great. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to check out more NPR stuff because yeah, uh, cool. I've heard a lot of good things about them. But now into my final sound before we get into something else. I wanted to talk about the newest Post Malone project, people. Let's do it. Hollywood's Bleeding. Somebody stop it. Uh, yeah, no, Hollywood's Bleeding is the, the newest tra- post, not Travis, post Malone project. Um, post Malone, if you didn't know, uh, is uh, one of the biggest pop, rap, country, whatever you want to call them, indie rock artists of our generation and uh you know a little bit of background on post uh his first album stony was one that i found to be kind of uh poorly made but it had i could see the potential like the mixing some of the beats on there weren't great but the promise was there and post showed enough to me so i was like this this is a good this is good like i can see that this guy could become something like he definitely showed enough to me where I was like, this guy's interesting. But mm-hmm. then you get into Beer Bongs and Bentleys, which was his second album. And I was like, maybe if this guy gets more money behind him, he could have a better project. And I was right because that project is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I still really enjoy some of the tracks on there. Zach and Codeine is an underrated track. Uh, obviously, Better Now was a big radio hit for him. The, the Swaley thing on there was good. Uh, even though that rock with me, like Jumanji bar was yikes, but some of the bars on here on this new one. Yeah. We'll get into it. But, uh, and then, you know, I thought, you know, he did a good job of like balancing, you know, some of the guitar ballads with the, the trap in inspired tracks. And then even some of the poppier stuff, I thought he just had a really good balance on there. The production was a lot prettier, a lot better, uh, a lot more expensive, which, uh, really worked to his benefit. And, uh, you know, post is a really good singer, I think. And I think, uh, just as a songwriter, he's not, great but he's serviceable uh but so going into this project i was hoping for more growth i was hoping for more depth more growth maybe you know expanding upon his music 
And unfortunately, we got none of that on here. This is the worst project Post Malone has ever come out with. I will say that right now. And um, I've listened to it one time. So, I mean, my thoughts on this could change. Who knows? Maybe in the next year or so, I end up loving this album. Who knows? But as of today, Friday, September 6th, you'll be hearing this on Sunday night, uh, Sunday, September 8th. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this is the 6th. And um, as of today, I, I don't like this project at all. Uh, everything from the opening track, which tries to like, Hollywood's Bleeding, the title track, opening track, tries to blend like this, uh, the the sing-songy guitar ballad that Post has made so many songs like this with that trap and tries to do it in the same track and it just sounded really jarring and bad. St. Tropez, that track is bad. It has a terrible bar on it. The one that I heard, that was it? Um, her her money ball like Brad Pitt. Ugh, yikes. Y'all um, like that? No, her it's money ball corny. like Brad Pitt. Corny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, but uh, and then enemies with the baby. The baby does not fit on this beat at all. It's too poppy. So? Uh, we'll no. debate that. We'll debate that. Um, a thousand bad times. It's like a track saying, you know. I, had all this terrible stuff happen to me. Why not more? It's a pop track. Circles is actually a track I really like, though. It's a single off this thing. Really good. Um, Die For Me with Future and Halsey. Really one of the worst combinations of the year. Future has one of the worst features of the year on here with some awful falsetto singing that just sounds terrible. And, and the hook on here is pretty uninspired. The lyrics on this entire project, outside of like two or three songs, are just so bland and boring and unoriginal on the road is a banger with meek mill and little baby little baby actually has a better feature on here than post does he does more with this than post does uh and meek mill does his meek mill thing uh it's not a terrible track or whatever then you get take what you want with ozzy osbourne and travis scott like i was like just looking at the track list i was like this is a disaster in the making and it was uh just those two clashing of sound you know clashing travis scott with uh ozzy osbourne and post is just it was so jarring and so gimmicky um i'm gonna be is forgettable um the scissor track is forgettable and then you get sunflower which was a really really good track off spider-man in the spider-verse he had to include that one on here with sway lee i like that track a lot it's fun uh internet where he talks about just corny lyrics about the um you know instagram scene and how he's tired of the internet and whatnot and you get some, uh, actually, you get some good, you know, not good, but some experimental flows on here from from Post, which was something I appreciate at least because uh, he takes very little risks on this project. Uh, Goodbyes with Young Thug was a track that was leaked. I actually like this track, and then uh, obviously Wow, which is like the trap banger. But my question to you is now bringing you into this: Have you listened to any of these tracks? I've listened to. Basically all of them. Because it came last out last night. night. Last night. Yeah. I did listen to them last night. Okay. Um, Anything stand out to you? Yeah. Did you listen to them on good speakers? I listened to them in my headphones. And they're good speakers? Yes. Yeah. The, the beat, he always has good beats, but I, I agree with you on some of them. They're just general. They're just They're generic. so yeah. boring and so like generic. And I'm just like, you know, this whole sound of like infusing indie rock with trap is just so stale at this point. Like, how many rappers have you seen do this sound now? And including Post, his last two projects were this sound. Yeah. And, like, I get that that's kind of, like, his thing, but at the same time, like, 
give me something new. Like, this all just sounds like throwaway tracks from his older projects. Like, that's honestly what this sounds like. It sounds like this was just thrown together, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and for that, and like I, and the reason it's kind of frustrating is because I like Post Malone. Like, I love his personality. He seems really fun. Like, I saw him in concert. He wasn't good. He sounded like he had done, like, three shows earlier that day because he was just, his voice just sounded strained out of, you know, it just sounded like it was rotten at that point. But um, uh, I do think he is really talented. And uh, and that's why it's frustrating because this is just so... And it's kind of the same thing with Travis, too. It's kind of like the same frustration in the sense of, like, I just don't get it, you know? Like, uh, but yeah, um, like I was saying with Travis... I'm not Travis, sorry. Post Malone. Uh, this whole project, for me, was just pretty bland. And uh, for that, uh, you know, anything you want to say on it? Yeah, I hope it'll grow on me. I me do too. Like, I do like five or six. Tra- I do like Saint Tropez. I like Enemy. I, I I like the baby. I think he's a good rapper. I do too. Streamville came out. I, I do. High on him. Um, Die for me is okay. I personally love Take What You Want. I think I didn't know Ozzy Osbourne was gonna be in it. And when like he first came on and started humming or playing the guitar, or whatever he did, I was like, damn, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. That was good. Travis's part was okay. Um, I agree with you. Staring at the sun with SZA is super underwhelming. Mm-hmm. She's really not that good. I, I really, really, I'm a fan of her. Sometimes I really like, like her. I like I like um, her song "The Weekend" with Calvin mm-hmm. Harris. Great song. Oh yeah, that the yeah the weekend the the Calvin Harris remix. Yeah, that, that that's a fun track. Yeah, and I, I like uh, "Broken Clocks" too. That's another one that I like by her. So check that one out. But yeah, I mean everyone's yeah. a critic, so mm-hmm. everyone's <laughs> a critic, including me. But uh, yeah. For this whole thing, man, it's pretty disappointing because I wanted more from this and it was underwhelming. But, um, yeah, I'll let's do it a few more times. See what's, see what's up. Yeah, we'll, we'll get. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try it. Out a yeah, times. and we'll try it out. But, um, real quick, we're gonna go into one more section here for the next five minutes, and uh, we're gonna talk about nutrition and our lives. And let's do it. You know, you are on very active on Twitter. You're always talking about inspirational stuff. I always see your tweets, and they always make me smile. Um, Thank you. So, you know, uh, I kind of want to talk about some of the habits that we get into, uh, you know, yeah. what are, what are some of your good habits that some of the habits that you, that you're happy that you're a part of and what are some of the habits that okay. you are not so happy and you want to change? Good question. Um, I think my favorite habit that, um, that I stick to every single day is reading every single day, ever since like two semesters ago, like I, I really have never picked up a book and I read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And he is the uh, founder and, and former CEO of Nike. Nike, yeah. Yeah, and he wrote a memoir on his experience. And it was the, probably the best book I've ever read up to this point. I've probably read like 20 books over the past nine months. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I really, really s- stick to this habit of reading 10 to 20 pages of whatever book I'm reading a day. And right now I'm rotating between like three or four novels um, like li- about anything. Right now I'm reading um, a book about astronomy next i have a book about the quantum realm and astrophysics um then i'm gonna read david goggins um can't hurt me but yeah 10 to 15 pages a day that's my favorite that's my favorite uh habit what about you um mine would probably be uh coffee and exercise first of all coffee are you a coffee guy yeah uh definitely for me i drink two to three cups of coffee a day and this is your bad habit or your good habit? It's a good habit. Okay. I think. Okay. Let's, see, it, let's see where you and, go. And the reason is, is because uh, I get why it could be bad because it's a lot of sugar, a lot of caffeine. But at the end of the day, like 
I have long days, and it is by my own choosing, but I like having long days, and the best thing for getting me through a long day is coffee, because, like, it gives me enough energy to where I can, like, focus on something, because I have trouble focusing on things sometimes, and, like, it helps me with that, and, like, also just uh, overall performance, just, it, it gets me moving, like, you know, like, yeah, it really puts that pep in my step that gets yeah. me going, and then uh, exercise as well, coffee kind of works with that as well. Uh, but yeah, I've been trying to get back into working out, uh, which is something that I loved doing last school year. But this summer, I couldn't get a membership to the RPAC Fitness Center uh, on here on campus for reasons that, you know, credit our reasons and whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm just glad to be back and doing that. And it makes me feel better every day because, you know, it sucks going there and actually but once you start doing it, it's like one of those things that like, once you start doing it, you start liking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hard to like get into a routine. And that's kind of like what gets into, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm happy about is being able to have a routine and like get, get through the day. But what's a, what's a bad habit real quick that uh, you um, think you should? Uh... I guess it might not necessarily be a habit, but I tend to overthink a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of things. And I tend to be really, really hard on myself Okay, and I'm working on it actively. And I think it's great that I'm actually like reflecting on this because it shows how much I've come, um, that like I'm actively thinking about how I'm being too hard on myself mm-hmm. and I'm thinking how like I can, yeah, I can change the way I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like just the other day, like, I wrote about this on Twitter as well. I write a lot of uh, my experiences throughout throughout the day on Twitter. So we'll we'll give you guys our stuff after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I'm in this awesome class called Coaching Football, and it's co- and it's taught by Ryan Day along with some other coaches. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's at the WAC, the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, and it's incredible. They bring in tons of uh, really cool speakers. Yeah. So this guy, his name is. Uh, Coach Matus, I forgot the guys. Maybe it's Phil. I forget, but um, he's like the athletic director at the WAC, and he's a super yoked. He's yoked. He's like great mindset, positive, whatever. Loved his message. He spoke to us, and my first instinct was to like go up to this guy and introduce myself and and tell him what I loved about his uh, his presentation. And we talked for literally like two minutes, exchanged emails, and I and I left. On the drive home. All I could think about was, oh, I could have, I could have asked him what his what his favorite book was. I could have like asked him to set up a meeting where we could talk more, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just being super hard on myself. But then I realized, six months ago, I wouldn't have had the courage to go up to this man. Yeah, I would have been way too scared. I probably would have just went home and 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 probably beat myself up for it even more than <laughs> yeah. I was for going up to him. So, yeah, and that's I mean, the thing. That's sometimes awesome. just trying something, just going out there and doing it. And not thinking about it can be the best thing for you because it just gets you out of your own head. So that's totally uh, yeah. something that I struggle with too. But my biggest bad habit real quick Let's is biting my fingernails. I have had this addiction since I was a child. <laughs> and I have been trying so hard to quit, but I can't. Wow. And it's it's kind of screwed up because it's like it's self-mutilation in a way. If you really think about it like that, you're you're ripping a piece of yourself off like if you really think about it that's really what it is it. like i have no idea and not only that the germs on your fingers like i don't know it maybe it's what's getting me sick because i've you know i don't know i'm always feel like i'm sick i don't know and then you know my fingers get all cut up you've ever got those like you know sores and rips on your fingers from biting your fingernails i've never i can't yeah see you're you're lucky because i'm caught in this 
terrible cyclical process and like sometimes I'll be doing it and I won't even think about it and I'll be like oh great I'm biting my nails now and like it happens a lot when I get anxious or like and the coffee probably help doesn't help with that but that's definitely a bad side effect but that's definitely something I want to um you know yeah have you ever tried meditation do you meditate no meditation as it's for me at least and it's proven through studies to break you out of like habits that you want to break if you meditate on a certain subject and you get really good at it takes time obviously but the benefits of meditation are ceaseless it's incredible i recommend it to anyone like i was never a believer in meditation and i started this summer and it's crazy so what do you usually do do you just like sit in a quiet place um yeah good question um i do this thing called box breathing it's not really meditation it's more just like focusing on my breath and box breathing is four seconds breathing in four seconds holding it in four seconds breathing it out and four seconds holding it in and what does this do? This is just slow your heart rate down, yeah, allow you to reflect. It's, it's kind it slows of. my breath, allows me to really only. It forces you to only focus on your breath, and focuses focus on your breathing. It doesn't because you're if you're counting four seconds, you're thinking about one, two, three, four. You're not thinking mm-hmm. about any of the other thoughts that are giving you issues yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I like to do that outside. I, I go to Mirror Lake if you're at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Mirror Lake's the spot. Um, I usually do it in the morning when no one's really there. Yeah, talk about a nice nature place to yeah, chill out. That's, yeah. that's definitely a good spot. Good spot. Um, but yeah, you don't it, like you don't need to like sit like a like a Buddha and and hold your fingers. Mm, yeah, your like the, you know the, the I mean? that's what everybody yeah, thinks about yeah, meditation, but it's I, not. It's more yeah, simple than that. Yeah, I like lay out and just like close my eyes and enjoy the nature around me. Yeah, and, and that's cool. And it could be like five minutes one week. Or it could be 10 minutes every single day, mm-hmm. whenever I feel like it. And it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. That's that's, that's something I need to get into. Yeah. And just, you know, take some time to just reflect because I feel like it can help with just getting all the weight of life off your back. Yeah, dude. But yeah. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, we got to get out of here. They're going to kick us out of the studio. Uh, but uh, you want to plug any social media before we go? Yeah, let's do Twitter. Um, follow me at... Ditch seven two four. That's D I T C H seven two four. Um, and if you resonate with my message and any of the stuff I write, like feel free to DM me or like write in the replies. Like I love interacting with people. So. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And uh, anything else you want to plug, or is that good? No, that's it. I don't have that All right. Else. Well, pl- follow me on social media at TJ Martino on Twitter and Snapchat, YouTube, Spotify. I am on Spotify now. Uh, podcast and my music. So if you want to follow me there, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and now on TuneIn for your Amazon Alexa users. Wow. Uh, yeah, rate me five stars, baby. Give me that five stars. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> Drop a comment. If you got something to say, subscribe. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. You'll be on you, again in the future, and we'll be able to talk more because, uh, uh, you know, Denny Hall's kicking us out, but (laughs) thanks. Subscribe, and we will see you later. Peace.